Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu is a ministry, it's events, and it's a podcast, all focused on building community and fellowship around Jesus and great Jiu-Jitsu. We were birthed from a Walking in Truth event called Pursuit. Four of us left one of these men's pursuits and the Lord all gave us the same download to create Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu. We've started by doing local events in North Texas. We're slowly but surely expanding those events to other markets across the country where we bring in professors and instructors. We learn awesome jujitsu techniques. We hear a testimony about the gospel. We give away free Bibles. We offer prayer and then we train hard. On top of this, we have a podcast that has really taken off that we have a lot of fun with. Look us up on all platforms. We love walking in truth and we appreciate the affiliation with them and the covering that they give us. Thank you to all the leaders at Walking in Truth. Everyone at Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu is truly appreciative. Genesis 18, birth of Isaac promised. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, While he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day, when he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, So do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent of Sarah and said, Quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, There in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? 
And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. Then the men rose up from there and looked down toward Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed? For I have chosen him, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose the fifty righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. He spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose forty are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the forty. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak. Suppose thirty are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the twenty. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the ten. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. One thing to point out here is uh, there's a couple times in Scripture that there's hints around the um, activity that's going on as to the time of year. And this is pretty significant. But Abraham, he, uh, this is one theory in this time of the year. Abraham saw those three sitting across the way and the Lord was there and and he ran and he put together a feast as fast as he could. And the whole, <laughs> the thing is, whenever he put together the bread, of course, that bread had no leavening. It takes time for the leavening. So she just took three measure of the fine flour. She needed it and made bread, cakes, the bread cakes are bread without leavening. And so uh, many really feel that this time is right at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 
But then there are other people who say, but wait, they didn't establish that until Moses. And that's not true. Multiple times through scripture, you can see them referring to the unleavened bread before God called them to not add the leavening as they were leaving Exodus or they were leaving in the Exodus. And remember, the word was there. The law was already established before Moses wrote it down. So to say that, well, Moses hadn't written it yet, that's kind of a weak argument. But here's the big point with this. They said, this time next year, this time next year, she will indeed have a child. But when you really look at the translation, it's talking about next year in this season and it's not talking about um you know winter or spring or or it's talking specifically about the season that time of year which is the feast of unleavened bread so i really feel that this uh lines up perfectly with uh the fact that he was promised that he would have a child and sarah had Isaac right at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But now moving to the rest, you can see where Abraham, I mean, God said he's he's coming up against Sodom and Gomorrah because of their wickedness. And Abraham just starts to bargain with him. He starts to say, but wait a second, what if you find 50? What if there's just 45? I mean, he's just kind of just bargaining with them. Some people would find that to be a little disrespectful. However, that just shows that God is a, he's a just God. He's also a merciful God. And Abraham said, wait a second. Look, now we know why Abraham is so concerned about it. Because he doesn't want Lot, who is in Sodom. He doesn't want him to be destroyed if God were to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's wondering, hey, wait a second. Can't we save my family first? But he's not referring to family, he's referring to righteousness, righteous people. Are you willing, are you going to destroy the multitude, even if you find 50? And he says, no, I would spare them all if I could just find 50. But God gives us choice. Abraham was bargaining with God. You can see that. Uh, There's warning that we should not do that we shouldn't really be bargaining with God Um, but we can boldly just say wait I know your character God I know your character and I don't mean to be disrespectful humbly can you spare as I know with your mercy you would want to can you give me a way to save those people who need to be saved while the rest of them perish Now think about what we're called to do as Christians. Everyone is destined to be, or destined to perish in hell. We have the opportunity to try to rescue as many as we can. I like to um, use the analogy of the boat going down. Like imagine the Titanic, big boat 
just so many people on that big, huge boat. And we know it's going down. We want, God allows us to get as many people as we can into the lifeboats. And so that's what Jesus called us to do. He called us to disciple and to raise up believers, people who follow him, not follow me, not follow you, follow him. We're to raise up disciples for Jesus Christ. And um, that, in essence, is helping to get more people into the boat. So, Father, just help us. Help us to be more effective. We don't need to bargain with you. We know that your desire is for everyone who can to be saved. But we also know that you have an end date. You have a moment in time already predetermined that it will be too late. Help us to just be effective. Help us to um, just reach as many as we can. I know that if you uh, truly, you would prefer everyone to be in heaven. But you gave us choice. And that's a freedom you're not going to take away. Because we have that freedom to choose. Again, help us to reach more people that they may choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at Win Big Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you, either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, uh, some time around God's Word, and uh, of course, that is great. I love that, and I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org. And um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts, or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, But again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.